All right, for God's sake, greetings, everyone, and welcome <laughs> to the 124th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciator, Jaden. Hello. And PTA's number one fanboy, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hello. I don't know if What's I'm up? imagining it, but I feel like I haven't used those OG ones in a little while, so I just wanted to do that. But I say that, and I might have used them last week, so I don't know. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen... This is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. And this week, that movie is The Hurt Locker, which opened in the US on the 31st of July, 2009. It was directed by Catherine Bigelow. It is a war drama. And the synopsis says, During the Iraq War, a sergeant recently assigned to an army bomb squad is put at odds with his squad mates due to his maverick way of handling his work. Fitzy... I think a first time viewing for you of The Hurt Locker. What did you think yes. of this Best Picture winner? I thought it was pretty great. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I like the uh, the very obvious like documentary kind of style it was going for, just like like giving different uh, like keying on the characters at like different moments and then just cutting away. It felt like very I don't know, like yeah, very realistic really lifelike um and yeah i think it's pretty where it goes is it's like it's pretty unexpected it's pretty like subversive kind of because i kind of expected more of a like team gets together um learns to like accept their differences but instead it's kind of like the complete opposite where you kind of see like what the situation does to each person and then you just realize that they're just different people kind of and mm. Mm. yeah i really enjoyed it at the end it's just a very tense movie. That was something I was just going, oh, shit, oh, fuck. The whole movie was like that. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a great way you put it about how the relationship between the characters and what that ends up being because I didn't really think of it that way, but that's totally true. Um, yeah, for me, there's a lot to, I don't know, there's a lot to really like. I thought it was uh, really an effective film. For me, I thought it, it totally, couldn't agree more, felt like watching a documentary in, in so many ways and, um, I don't know, that approach I feel like makes the experience stand out in my mind compared to um, a lot of other films. Like, I don't know, it's not necessarily tackling themes or ideas that, or even a conflict, uh, the exact specific conflict we haven't seen before. Um, but I don't know, I feel like these these ideas, the effects on of war on its participants and the impact on civilians and all these sorts of things that have been done before, I just think it hands, handles it all uh, with a grittiness and with reality um, that was quite refreshing and makes it stand out. So I liked it a lot. Jaden, what about you on a rewatch? Yeah, I, I, I love this film. I think it's fantastic. Um, a long time ago when we asked who's the best female director, I named Catherine Bigelow as my favourite because I think she is really phenomenal. I think she is like a modern-day master of tension. Like I think the way that she constructs, uh, constructs a scene is just wonderfully tense and I, I don't think many people can do it like her i think this film is fantastic for a war film it takes very non-stance on you know positive negative and which is hard to do when you've got like so much military backing um to criticize it so much um but yeah. the whole like war is a drug theme that's kind of integral to it is I, I think it's really good and not you know like you said that everything's kind of been looked at but i, I feel like war, that i feel like that one's kind of not examined as much um, I just hate that quote at the start that makes it so obvious um, as to what it is. You know, I would have much rather had we seen um, 
Jeremy Renner's return to Iraq at the end of the film and just we, we would have been able to introduce it on our own how like this is an, an addiction for him like a, an adrenaline fix type thing um, rather than having that quote tell us why he's going back you know it kind of kind of gives too much you know um, mm. um, but no I think it's fantastic as well I love Guy Pierce's short little bit I love I love his <laughs> yeah. humor it, it's just like obviously I've never like, been to war but it, it just feels like it it captures so much of the spirit that we're always taught about how like Especially kind of like the 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 Aussie way. I don't know how the how the Yanks taught about it, but you know we're always taught about like larrikinism and like you know the 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 Anzac spirit and like you know how in such dark times you need to balance it with comedy and humor. And like, you know you just mm-hmm. kind of, you kind of need to take it and move on. And I think that's shown really well just in the in the in the in their everyday dialogue, especially at the start with Guy Pierce, how they're just making jokes, they're bombing down the street, do this, do that, and you know they're they're, they're having a laugh and shit like that. And, and, and I love that. I I, I really love this film. Excellent point about the humor. I totally agree. With the what did the quote at the start say? I can't remember. Well, the gist of it. War is a drug. Is 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 pretty. Oh, much that's what right. It's yeah, yeah. And it actually specifically like yeah, does and then, the and then it fades, like out fades out and, and it shows, shows exactly that. Yeah. In like bold highlighted. Yeah. Guys, mm. if you didn't get that, yeah, I actually forgot about that. That's interesting because one of the main points I had was that I liked that Jeremy Renner went back like as a story choice. But I didn't really. Oh, I didn't. I totally forgot about the quote as I was watching it. So like, that's yeah, that, that's so funny. No, okay. Like, I, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. In that, in that sense, it's so funny how I think it's really clear there are so many techniques used to make this feel like a documentary. And overall, I think you're totally right, Jane. It it, it feels like Catherine's coming at this from a totally non-biased perspective, trying to just showcase things with authenticity as opposed to, you know, being preachy in any way or trying to showcase a perspective um, in particular. But I thought it was so funny because I I listened to some of her talk about the film this morning and, like, the first thing she said was um, what drew her to want to do it was uh, to criticise and challenge the conflict specifically. Um, And I just thought that was really interesting because I'm like, she handled that I didn't necessarily like, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense, but I didn't necessarily deduce that immediately from watching the film. Like it's not a situation where, you know, you walk out or you you turn it off or whatever and you're just like, oh yeah, well that was so obviously just like war is bad guys. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was handled with a lot of class and a lot of grace um, and just really lets the audience sort of sit with everything that they, they put, they throw out there at you to sort of just uh, cup and, What's the word? Carpen mentalize. Oh my god, I really wanted to use the word compart compart compartmentalize. Yeah, yourself. Yeah, Compart- yeah. Com- compartment. Yeah, yeah. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. <laughs> compartmentalize. I don't know. Oh, so I was sounding so smart for a minute, wasn't I? Um. So yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that was a big point that that stood out to me right away. Like. In that opening scene with Guy Pierce, which, by the way, shout out to Guy Pierce for doing this cameo. Like, it was very surprising, um, but I, I enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed him a lot. Right away, you're met with some very interesting technical, stylistic choices that follow the film throughout, and that's, first of all, the aspect ratio, and you've got the incredible constant shaky cam and um, all that sort of stuff that you can look at, the zoom-ins and the close-ups and the everything like just totally feels like they were just out there with a bloody goddamn uh 
I don't know, Sony, one of those like $2,000 like cameras that you have with the little wristband around that you're just like shooting this shit for real. Like that's the, the feel the film totally like has. One of those ones that those, uh, those guys are using in like the, in the car bomb uh, section. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It feels like the film was shot that way. And, uh, that's what I, I really like about it. Was that something that, that struck you as well, Fitzy? Yeah. I mean, I think like some little boxers like compared it to the office with the zoom ins as well. Like, you have like a zoom in and then you have like a cutaway. Like that makes sense. I feel like the office kind of like because the office is so popular, it kind of everyone thinks of documentary styles in that context, even though like mm. documentaries have always kind of been like that. But yeah, it does feel like yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. People compare it to The Office, but like, I mean, they're, they're not wrong, but it's because they're both in their own very <laughs> weirdly. Yeah, they both have documentary styles. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, they're both like uh, inspired by the same filmmaking techniques, even though they're like totally opposite genres and everything. It's mm. interesting. I had some trivia here. Dur- yeah, during filming, three, four, or more handheld super 16 millimeter cameras were used to film scenes in documentary style. Uh, nearly 200 hours of footage was shot at an eye-popping 100 by 1 shooting ratio, which I'm not smart enough to know exactly what that means, like in terms of like that. But I can tell you like the aspect ratio stood out right away. It was, um, I felt like I'd just put on SBS hmm. when I hit play, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> no, no, not, a, not a glimpse of any bars or anything. So I thought that was interesting for sure. Um, but I think all that just, I don't know, just contributes, I think, to the, whole thing feeling re- very real, very dirty. That's why I sort of find it interesting and, and I guess a positive thing that this film won Best Picture because it totally feels like the opposite of a film that's trying to win awards, you know. It doesn't feel like – to me, there, I didn't – there was no – and I don't mean to come across as like pretentious or something, but it didn't, there, didn't, there didn't seem to be any sort of like Oscar bait element to this or like some like really like they 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 set out to make some high art cinematography or something it feels like they just made something very real um that then they just put out there and didn't really give a shit and i think it's cool that they got recognition for that you know i guess it sort of just ties in with the fact also that like it was crazy that it took so long for a female to win best director and best picture so it's interesting it was this film of all films, you know what I mean? Like it's almost like I guess in a way what I'm trying to say is that like like when I look at Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog, like when I see that film, I I don't I like I quite like the film, but um like it just screams of like an Oscar winner, you know what I mean? Like everything yeah. about it as you're yeah. watching it. And this is the opposite, but this did it first. So I just thought that was interesting. To, was the was the sniper showdown, Jaden? Was that like a whole standout sequence to you as well? Standout, not really. Well, yeah. What, what what I love this movie is that each set piece differs. You know, you you could have really easily fallen into a, into a trap of you know if it's a it's a bomb defusal unit, so every set piece is going to be bomb defusal, and you know the core of it is set around that, but each one becomes unique. But then, like the sniper shootout is. The kind of is is the one that is that again different from that in 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 an entirely different way, but um, but still yeah. holds that core kind of thing of just it is long, it is drawn out, and it it, it isn't what we're typically shown. You know, we're shown Anthony Mackie and Jeremy Rayner sitting there for hours, eyes going red, drooping in the middle of a desert, waiting for an opportunity. You know, 
it's not American Sniper where, you know, Chris Kyle's taking shots every two seconds and, you know, hitting every guy that he can see. So yeah, like like I like I love that scene for sure. Um, stand out, I don't know because I like I, I just love the quality of the rest of the film. But yeah, it's it's it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, there's a lot of other sequences to talk about, but I wanted to bring up that one because it's the comparison. I like American Sniper, but the comparison between the two was was interesting for sure. Like I didn't really I loved how it showed the cooperation it takes to land those shots and the time it takes to you know uh, change the directory of the weapon and. Um, you know, Jeremy Renner has to be his spotter and they're basically two people have to be involved the whole time. But I know it was this great mix of like something I hadn't really seen before. Um, I love how the, the other guy comes from behind and then like Jeremy Renner like completely trusts Owen to handle it. That's his name, right? Owen um, Aldridge? Owen? I think so. Yeah. yeah Aldridge. Maybe. Eldridge. Sorry. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That guy, yeah, the, the third guy, you know. But most importantly, like that scene, to speak on the humour that you were talking about, Jane, that scene I found like also at just the right moments really funny as well. Like, I mean, it helps that Ray Fiennes is there because like, I yeah. love Ray Fiennes. And it was so funny when, when I saw him in the like one of the shots where you come up to him a little bit closer for the first time and I just saw his eyes and I'm like, is that Ray Fiennes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> and I was so surprised and so happy to see him. But um that that was all of that was a great example of the humor feeling really natural overall. Just it just in the camaraderie, you know. It's all right there. Um and it's yeah. and it's not even like it's not jokes, you know what I mean? This film doesn't have jokes, it's just got natural discussions and banter that just uh, blokes talking. Exactly, exactly. Then that scene goes from like me sort of laughing at a something, you know, sort of charming that someone said to Ray Fiennes getting shot out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And then, you know, all this shit goes down. And then not long after, we sort of get a quiet moment I really liked also where, you know, they sit with it and they drink their, their juices, you know. Mm. There's a little moment there. And even then also when, because Eldridge is the guy throughout the film that this sort of younger guy who we see struggling with the, like mentally, like struggling with the psychological side of the war and stuff, and he go, has his counselor sessions and everything. But like that moment also when he starts breaking down with collecting the the ammunition, and uh, and Will Will goes down there and like shows also his considerate side as well, something we hadn't really seen from him yet. Um, shows that he's understanding of what he's going through and show some compassion there was really nice as well. So I don't know it's very, it's very, the whole thing's very three dimensional and is able to ch- change and juggle tones quite, quite uh, regularly and very well. I think is, is that scene when uh, Jerry Moran has to deal with the body bomb, another one for you, Jane, that stands out? Not as much. I feel like not, I feel, I feel like for something that was meant to be so significantly kind of, you know, impactful to him, it wasn't held on as long as other scenes were. Um, yeah. So I feel like I feel, I feel like it's a bit, uh, not yeah not not as much as kind of the the rest of it, but like it's another situation where like it is just a different kind of scenario that they have to deal with. So like it, it doesn't feel the same as another bomb defusal. That's yeah. No, I mean it was no doubt like messed up that he had to dig into the body and stuff. But hang on, but Be- Beckham was fine though, right? No, it was a kid replacing Beckham. Right. Okay. I was a bit confused by that. I'm not going to lie. I was like, 
Oh. The kid looks the same to me, but I think he's different or he's the same. Uh, it's just it's just another guy taking his role. Oh damn! I thought that was Beckham. <laughs> I, I literally he thought... sounded exactly the same. Because like when he was like disappointed, what? wait no, but he said you want to like play some soccer or play like DVD or buy DVDs. Yeah, but I, I, and then he's disappointed I, when he didn't play with them. I, I think, and then because and then he felt like he recognized them. Dude, there's too many things pointed. I think that's I'm, Beckham. I'm yeah. pretty sure it wasn't. But I'm, I'm, I swear it looks too different. Um, I th- I think the whole point was that like like. Like like Ren is meant to realize like the camaraderie he built up with this like random Iraqi kid wasn't special that they're trying like they're just trying to do this to, like you know live I, I think I think it wasn't like I think the point of like him mimicking all those you know the soccer you know like all that kind of like friendly thing was just meant to show like you know like like I, I don't know like maybe we should search it up to to confirm but I feel I'm like pretty but, sure it wasn't Beckham I feel like the other side of that is that like he when he recognized that it was Beckham. He was like he saw the dangers of like getting close to anyone, kind of in this like you know in this in this place, and so he kind of from now on was like, okay, he's happy he's alive, but he doesn't want to like talk to him anymore because he has that moment of like recognition. I felt like that's interesting. But then like, if shock. he yeah. if he but in that case, then wouldn't that sort of show that to him that wouldn't it sort of contradict his whole arc in that like it would show him that his whole efforts to go and you know when he goes out on his own he goes rogue and tries to get justice for Beckham and if Beckham ended up being fine wouldn't that sort of show him that those efforts were futile yeah maybe so it's in I don't know but I don't think that would work to the film's detriment to show something as futile if the war, if it's critiquing, you know, the war and stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But then I just question why Jeremy Renner then feels like why. I feel like that'd be a, a dent in the armor of him wanting to go back. I know. That's interesting. I feel like it's meant to be obvious, but I don't know where, which way it goes. Where it's, at. Yeah, it's, it's definitely later. Oh, here it is. Oh, no, it is Beckham. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> Because lose recognition, there's there's this moment. Yeah, no, no, Beckham was alive. Yeah, sorry. Interesting. I feel like apparently you're making a good case, Chad. I I believe you. Yeah. Apparently, Catherine Bigelow confirmed it on like the DVD commentary. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, because you're right, Fitzy. There was this in their discussion in their in their um uh, that final time. Like there was this sense of like um. It was following on from their previously built relationship. Like, do you want to play soccer? Like, like this isn't some kid he's just met. It didn't yeah. feel that way. And there's shock from both sides because he's shocked and then he kind of wants to ignore him and then Beckham is, like, confused. Wow. But I just, I just thought it was like a he was like a salesman. It was like a, just a marketing tactic, you know, do you want to play soccer and buy a DVD, you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. One thing that was notable to me is the fact that they can – they allow – Merchants, they allow these locals in the in the base. I was just very surprised by that. They have the line where um, the the guy, the supervisor there, said, "Oh, you know, they're all cleared with my CO to be here." But I was just surprised. Like, obviously, I assume that's a real thing that happens. I was just surprised that they let these people in. These people. <laughs> well, they let like they let foreigners no, yeah. into their no. U.S. military base. It's pretty weird. I thought about. I guess it's legit. Hmm. I was taken aback. Starting sequence with Guy Pierce as well. That's another really memorable sequence. 
I think that I th- I think each 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 kind of major like kind of tension piece is a solid, very memorable one. That start with Guy Pierce is is fantastic. That first bomb defusal with Jeremy Renner as he pulls out the eight other other bombs. That is, was really is, good. Is ins- that's yeah. such an insane moment. You know, then the the whole like the UN embassy kind of ordeal um, might go on a bit of a quiet side, but um, I, I, I still think it's very, I, I still think it's pretty good. Um, what was after that? The sniper was after that, right? Wait, what do you, when you say UN embassy, what, what do you mean by that? The car bomb. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and then came like the whole sniper shootout thing. And then it was like the the, the, the kid and, and, and the camp counselor dying. And then it was a final kind of piece. Right. Yes. Yeah. I I think H one is just banger after banger. Yeah, I agree. There's um one thing the film does really well throughout all these. I think I specifically noticed it first during the um during the the car bomb sequence was just the way it's constantly showing civilians Mm. like just just watching. Like there's a quick shot, quick cut to just people watching in the rooftops or like peeking out from behind corners of stalls or, and often they just look way too relaxed. They're just like, just, I don't know. There's like super passive just sitting there watching. And I don't know. I think it's just a really great way just to show that, you know, this tension that we're all invested in right now is just that these people live here. This is a meant to be a functioning city, obviously not very well, but you know, this is a urban environment. You know, this isn't, it's a war zone, but it's like, it's a messed up one because of the the real people that still live here, you know. Um, <laughs> and then and then sort of coupled with that at the same time was there was the there was the guy in that scene who was had the video camera, like you said, Jaden, um, and just like the fact that that's a big deal, like, and sort of being in the shoes of the soldiers in that moment, where it's like there's this guy standing over there filming us, and you have to, in that scenario, you have to read into every little thing everyone does around you at all times. Like, I don't know, he could just be sitting there filming it just like completely innocently. Or like, what the hell is he doing? Like, he could be, he could be plotting anything. He could be part of this in some way as well. It's like the guy at the start also with the, the cell phone. It's like he's just standing there with a phone, but like they have to take that very seriously and they – that ended up being, of course, the thing that killed Guy Pierce as well. So I can't imagine being in that scenario, you know, being in their shoes, and it's just like literally anyone and everyone around us could be the enemy right there plotting against us or not. Who knows? And uh, that that grayness is uh, is is pretty messed up. I guess it's the same thing with um, with Jeremy Renner helping the suicide bomber at the end or trying to. Everyone Sorry, was just like. The guy uh, towards the end there, when the guy had all the, you know, had everything strapped to him, and he came oh, up right, and he started, yeah. he started talking with them, and yeah, uh, oh, yeah, that as well. Fuck yeah! And they were just like, yeah, to shoot him. They were like, bro, to shoot him. And it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, it's so, I don't know. It's so interesting in what it does for me as an audience member because, like, this guy's saying he has a family, and I very much respect Jeremy trying to help him, or Will, sorry, trying to help him. And making that effort, even though it was in vain, but even I, 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 I still didn't trust him the whole time. Like I was like, I feel like this guy could just detonate himself at any second, and that's the oh, that's the that's the morality they're playing with out there all the time, and it's just so tricky. They just, 
I don't blame them for just feeling the need to just not take chances, you know, necessarily, even though it's a really hard issue, obviously. Yeah, I feel like that's a very unfortunate kind of, uh, it, it, an, an unfortunate byproduct of like films like these, like no matter how kind of much you criticize the war or how much, you know, they, they, they think they criticize the war and making it, you're always going to end up vilifying the 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 minority or in 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 this case it you know just muslim people and like to the fact that we're like innocent acts such as those shown in the film are going to be then taken by people that witness this and then you know employed in public places around the world um right it's 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 you know like i think the film doesn't do like 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 in for for all the criticizing of the war it does it doesn't examine enough what they're doing there, why they're there, the Americans shouldn't even be there in the first place, kind of thing, um, is probably like the where it lacks. Um, mm. Because, like, yeah, it's like I mean, like all the things you're saying, you know, like like innocent acts that then have to be, you know, re-examined. It's it's then implied in a real life scenario that just isn't acceptable. So, like, yeah, I, th- I think the movie could have done a bit more to kind of negate that i mean i think no matter what happens i think people are going to take it and then you know do that but i you know i I think had the had the film just just explored that a tiny bit more just with like a bit more seniority kind of depicted and shown like that's where it all really lies there not kind of on the ground i I think it could have been yeah 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 yeah. Mm. there was a one higher up guy that was just a dick because i like that it was like a muslim i like this guy that was like dying oh yeah I was going to bring that up. He's not going to make it, even though he could have made it. Um, And then later he kind of like, he's a really like interrogative of like, he's really like intimidating to to Will. Um, And yeah, that's the kind of guy you don't want to be around, you know? Yeah. No, no. That was a standout guy to me too. Even even he's just a grunt. I mean like like the people in the offices that aren't actually there. Are the ones that they should have been examining. Yeah, but it's hard to combine like that. Yeah, it, it is when you've got this documentary style. Like, like yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah for sure. Yeah, I think I agree. Like, you make a really compelling argument, and I'd be very interested in seeing that. It just, yeah, it's balancing that with like, I've, you might be making, I don't know, like, but you at that point you might be making a different film. It's just yeah. tricky uh, because this, oh, I think. What Finzi's saying with that guy, that was an important inclusion to sort of it does it's not what exactly what you're saying, Jaden, but it, it is a a criticism of that perspective on the from the angle of it being on the, the ground, which is where the film always takes place. Yeah. You know. So yeah, it never zooms out any further to any higher ups or anything like that. But uh it does, I guess, in its own in its own realm try and deal with it. The thing is then through dialogue you probably could have uh, I, I think through dialogue it, it, it could have been done then just by saying you know, just two or three yeah. lines that just added like that little bit more depth. Right, right, right. About like even just orders they receive and stuff or anything like yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. I mean, Will does says like he's trying to find the people responsible when he goes on that kind of futile mission to find um, Beckham's like home or whatever. But apart from that, yeah, yeah there's not much mention of like the causes yeah, of the war. No. That I mean, that was a <laughs> the film turned into Bourne there for a second when he was running yeah. through the streets afterwards, yeah. didn't it? 
that's what made him want to take on the Bourne legacy, I guess. But um, that I mean, that scene, like I don't know, it just added another little layer to the film. I think at the end there, when he gets back to the base, and the guys like, "I'll let you in if you tell me where the whorehouse is." I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> god damn it, these people!" You know, I don't know. I thought that was interesting too. For me, like, I'm not a Jeremy Renner hater at all. It was an interesting one open, but uh, I like to say I like Jeremy Renner a lot in this movie. I just think that it was cool to see him playing a bit of a rougher type. I think this is a deeper character than I've seen him play before. I think um, he's sort of a rogue. He's sort of reckless in his own way, but um, there's clearly a lot under the surface there as well that we see, a lot of humanity that he has and a lot of sympathy that he has for uh, for his comrades and for also the uh, and just for everyone involved in the conflict, like it's cool to see him go to the efforts, like I've already mentioned, to go to the lengths to try and rescue that suicide bomber, but then also be at the same time like no bullshit at all when it comes to that other dude at the start who drove up in the car to him and he was pointing the pistol at him. Mm. That whole scene was a good scene too. So like, I know I feel like there's a lot to – he's an interesting – he's a compelling character that I feel like Jeremy had a lot to sort of chew on here in the performance. Uh, which I haven't really seen a lot from him. So I really, I like that a lot as well. Thumbs up, Jeremy Renner. You did good. Well done. Can you imagine like how many like simple issues would be resolved if like they just made soldiers take like a mandatory, like just three month basic language lesson before being deployed somewhere. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going <laughs> to, you're going here, learn Farsi for, you know, a couple months so you can use basic words and then, you know. Like, had, totally. that, like, like, had Jeremy Renner been able to, like, because it's, it's, it's always frustrating, you know, like, like when, like, it, like, just, just miscommunication is always frustrating. So, like, imagine just being so, like, oh, you know, calm down. I'm trying to help you to, like, you know, to the guy at the end. I mean, like, mm. like, like, yeah, it, you know, yeah. Every time yeah, you're going through the Australian government, yeah. uh, contact me and we can, we can, we can put this into practice. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll lay out a plan for you. Jane will approve the statute. Yeah. Uh, no, that's an excellent point. I don't even imagine it'd be that hard at all, actually. Like, guys, here are 50 words you have to know. Like, study them. Yeah. Wouldn't take well, that long, I don't They think. do say some words sometimes. Like, Jeremy Renner does say, like, some basic stuff. But it's almost a bit I, – I sort of got the feeling that that was just stuff they picked up while they were there. Like, it wasn't even – Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably, like, from other soldiers telling them, like, what yeah. one word means. Yeah. 800 bomb diffuser later you know you pick up three words yeah <laughs> for real though yeah i don't know man um another thing that Catherine mentioned when i was listening to her this morning was that fact that um the entire shooting schedule basically revolved around anthony mackie and that um she really wanted him in the film and they had two options because he was of his schedule that they could either uh they would either delay the whole shoot or um, or he could be in the film, basically, and they committed to that. They committed to him being in it, and I thought that was interesting that, like, it was such a standout for him to be in it. I thought he was really good in the film. No, what, right. was, just, um, what was his yeah. schedule? What was he busy with at that time? Got no idea. Huh. I, 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 I don't know. I thought, like, 2014, Captain America made him a star. I didn't really know he was that popular beforehand. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I'm not familiar enough, but I know for for example, I can say that I know I'd seen him in he he was in Eight Mile, which was like five years before oh, this. Oh yeah. Um. I so I feel like he was baby. he was getting around. Oh, was he really? There you go. Yeah. He gets around, Anthony Mackie. 
Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, yeah, he is really good. I just felt like for me, I, I, I just, I didn't connect with the character as much. I don't know. I just, um, I thought the final conversation he had with Jeremy Renner was really good in the in the van and how he wants to start a family and uh, what was already brought up really well about you know the differences that they have and I thought that was really nice. But he seems to throughout the missions sort of seems so by the book that he sort of ignores the reality in front of him at times. Like I think it was particularly, I mean, there were a few examples, but during the, the body bomb situation when Will was really struggling with having to do that with a, with a kid who we confirmed is not Beckham, um, he sort of, he lacked an understanding for that in the moment. He sort of was just like, what the hell's taking this guy so long? What, you know, let's get out of here. So, yeah, I think he sort of exhibits a bit less humility at times. Like you're just very understandable and solid and kind of. I think yeah, that, yeah. No, that, that is true. I think to towards his own soldiers, he was probably more sympathetic, but towards the general population, he probably was less, I guess. Will seemed to care more about what was happening around. That is true. Whereas, yeah, Mackie kind of seemed more focused on his mates. That's true. That's true. And there was a little, I guess that maybe there was a little moment there when, I mean, I liked when he, during that final suicide bomb sequence, like he comes up and he runs and tries to help Will with it as much as he possibly can. That's a nice little coming around there, I guess. That, before I was trying to transition to the the scene at night when they're in their cabin and having the, the wrestling match, because I thought that was an interesting scene. I felt like I was watching... I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I feel like I was watching those guys on the edge of their sanity in, in some way. Like, at least it was seeing a really real example of how their situation affects their relationship and their behavior in a non-mission environment. And I think it added a lot of texture to later in the film when, you know, you see them multiple times after that, like on a mission in the zone, working completely cooperatively, perfectly as they should be by the book. But like knowing, but having seen that scene earlier in the film and some of the, I don't know, like I, I, I don't even know what it is. Like some of the, the, the tension, the, whether it's like a result of their psychological situation at that point, I don't even know what the cause is, but you know, this shit's clearly affecting them in more ways than one. So it sort of adds a different layer to it. I mean, they were just drunk that night. God damn it, Jane. I was trying to do an analysis. <laughs> Yeah, but like it felt like because like Anthony Maggie's problem with Will was like very real. Like Will was very reckless, um, and like compared to you know Guy Pierce's like calm, collected method is kind of a big difference. And feel like he feel like he must have felt like he was yeah not in it like for the thrill as much. He was doing there to do duty, so they did have some differences. I felt like in that. In that camaraderie, in that like scene where they're drunk together and fighting, they kind of it's like serves a practical purpose to like lease their you know frustrations on each yes. other so that yes. they can go forth later, you know, in peace and like cooperation, kind of. Yes, yes, like, that's that's, you know. that's a great way to put it. Yeah, exactly. Just to clarify as well, does does Will outrank Anthony Mackie? But just due to like the team dynamics, Anthony Mackie is the one that he has to listen to in the field. That's a great point because yeah, I, I think, think so. when they, I think when they met, that's what it was. 
Like he, um, like Anthony, Will had to tell Anthony Mackie not to call him Sergeant or whatever his title is. Like, told, just call me Will, which indicates he's superior, right? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Though I guess I guess it's that's sort of just that reflects Will's personality. I guess is that Anthony Mackie ends up like <laughs> is the one who's like yelling at him to put his goddamn headset on. And it's in, mm. yeah, I don't know. That is a good point, actually. It's like, would you do that to a superior? He was like shouting at him. Yeah, but I, th- I think, I think because like, yeah. like Anthony Mackie is like the like like what was it like? So like, how, how, the other bloke was a specialist. Renault was obviously the bomb diffuser, and then what was what, what was Mackie's role? Coordinator. I don't know. Coordinator operator. <laughs> I know something. Yeah, but like, like management. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> HR. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I but he feel he feels a bit like the father figure of the group, in some ways. Even though sure. Renner's the leader. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. He's the one always looking out for their safety. Hmm. But that whole introduction to Renner was very good. Like in terms of the first bomb defusal he has to walk into, and he's just nonchalant, just like, "Yeah, bro, like I'm doing it. Just leave me alone." Like, oh, there's a distraction. You know, I like will all the smoke coming in and stuff didn't didn't phase him, and he just went straight in. That was an effective introduction to like smack you in the face that this guy is a different sort of different sort of character to Guy Pierce, who he was mm. replacing. I think it's interesting, is like it just shows like a mistrust in his team, just like immediately, like he doesn't trust them to not, you know, fuck up and shoot a random dude that approaches him, which is you know like why I see like why he deployed this thing because these guys are obviously very shaken by like you know, Guy Pierce just dying and because they didn't take the shot. So he's probably conscious of that. And like, that's why he pops a smoke in case someone does approach him and they don't want to do the same thing. So like they would take the shot next time. All right. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I really like, like that simple action of just doing that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'm not going to lie. I did have the thought, like how did Guy Pierce actually die? Because I feel like. Just the shock he, of the blast. And that, that really, and that like, he wasn't like, far enough away, and it was just like that's why you see like the blood spray onto like the face guard. Yes, the shock, gonna... just the shock of the blast. But w- w- what does that mean physically, though? Like, what actually physically happened? Like for the, you know, it's what I mean? just like, a massive wave of force just pushing against the body and just completely disrupting yeah. everything. So just like holy shit, really? Wow. This is yeah. Because like he's that's in the full cool. suit and like he's at a decent distance that shrapnel wouldn't get through it. It's just, yeah, you know, he wasn't yeah. far enough away from the actual. Yeah, I thought he was like safe. I thought he was far enough away, and then he just like immediately. Yeah, I think the cutting and like the kind of framing made it look like he was further than what he was. But I think he was he was still in like thirty meters out or something like that from like when it exploded. Yeah, the kill zone. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, because my thought was, oh, you know, he was knocked over, but like, yeah, no shrapnel. Was out of the immediate radius, yeah. but it, yeah, wow, that's wild. He like his death is so like muted, but like gruesome at the same time. Like it, it's just yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know I love it. No, obviously, you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, one of the main sequences we haven't really talked about yet is the ending. I mean, we've already cho- talked about Will's choice to go back to to Iraq, yeah. which was interesting. Oh wait, it was Iraq, right? Yeah. I'm not. I don't want to get my countries mixed up the hard cut to the supermarket was very effective i thought and like him having to be there and choose the cereals and going mm. home and doing the daily chores like it, it, it wasn't a very long sequence but it was 
very effective. Like it, it's a stark contrast to the deserts we've been spending the whole rest of the film in. Mm. Um, so that cereal aisle like felt <laughs> was like the most impactful cereal aisle I've ever seen on screen, I guess. Yeah, I just uh, love how lost he is. Like it, it's so simple exactly. and just so so effective how he looks so lost in a mundane environment, you know. Like it's just yeah. yeah. And seeing it still all way on him that incident he heard about with all those people dying and he just can't stop thinking about it like I don't even, I don't I don't think that weighed on him. I think he was trying to use that to justify to his wife. Yeah. That's yeah. What I think. Oh, I think a lot of the film is it's exactly that though cuz I think yeah. Will is more like you said, Will cares about the conflict. But I think it's more that he just loves the adrenaline thrill of just bomb defusal and that kind of thing. And like, right. he's kind of he's, he's kind of neutral on the actual conflict or like the politics or whatever. Yeah, he's trying to justify to other people that he's, mm. you know, that he cares. But like, he, yeah, he's trying to justify himself, to himself. Yeah, rather, yeah sorry yeah. that he cares. But yeah, interesting. It, and like, it's, I didn't it's, think it's, of it that way. It's also funny. Like, it just it's it's funny how natural the Middle East seems in this film in terms of the colouring, whereas when he goes back to America, it's it feels like a really washed out blue. Oh, yeah, it's really dark. Whereas, yeah. whereas like, usually you get the opposite, where, like, you know, you hit the desert and you get this, like, you know, just grainy, you know, yellow field to put on. But, like, it feels like they shot very naturally, to me at least. Like, it didn't feel like there was, like... Like, the colours felt real in the Middle East, no? Yeah. Like, the greens, yeah. and the, the greens, those reds, those, it, it felt, you know... Genuine. That's what made the cut effective, I think. Yeah, so so like it's just another like just just like another technique that of just showing how out of place he is. Uh, I just thought it was really fantastic. Yeah, like, it was really effective. Like him going back to the to Iraq is perfect because like it's set up by so many different things, like the coloring, as you said, also like the rock music. Like it introduced him in the cabin with rock music, mm. and, and it's just like he's so happy to be there. And it's, yeah, but then it doesn't. It's it's not even happiness, is it? It's just. It's it's a it's a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like it is turning the league. Like, like like you're right. It it's is like, like that's that, that, that's as simple as it is. It's like returning to league. It's like addictive and frustrating, but also it's like very satisfying. You know, when you get the when you get ahead, so it's like kind of it's exactly it's like, like war, dichotomy. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you guys totally just right there changed my perspective on that because so in that dialogue where he, where he talks about the the one thing he loves. And then I say what it is. So, but it's, I guess it's that that adrenaline fix that that you're talking about. That and Owen calls him out on that too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Interesting. Basically, telling his kid he doesn't love her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because yeah. I assumed he's just talking about his son. But like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's cool though. And that's a great point about the rock song. Because I'm not going to lie, like, to, not having this perspective, like I was wasn't in that frame of mind at all. So when it came on at the end, like one of my issues with the ending was just the the rock song and the final like heroic shot just kind of took me out of it. Like mm. it, it was to me a weird choice to like reflect what 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 I viewed as this like really unbiased, grounded film. And then I felt like at the end, Catherine was like, "Hell yeah, he's going back. Get hyped!" Like it was a sort of it seemed off to me, but. Like that, that adds another level to it that makes me sympathize with it a bit more. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah. Heroic, I think it's it's like it's 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 self righteous and selfish of him, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The heroism is like from his perspective, I guess. Yeah. Not necessarily, not necessarily like the movie's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that last shot of That's him cool. just like you know just cockily walking down like, the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's something right. funny about it, but yeah, <laughs> in his element. Yes, in his element. Onto the nine hundreds, you know. I read in the the trivia that um, like Jeremy was in the suit at all times, specifically like in every single shot, every uh, you know far away shot, everything, specifically because Catherine Bigelow thought he had a distinct walk in the suit. <laughs> so she agrees. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Do you guys know they don't? Do they use the term the Hurt Locker in the film? No. I, I was actually trying to figure out, yeah, what the hell. I don't, I don't think they do. So I read this in the trivia and I was just trying to think back if they actually use it, but uh, the expression the hurt locker is a slang term for a situation involving trouble or pain, which can be traced back to the Vietnam War. So according to the movie's website, it is soldier vernacular in Iraq uh, to speak of explosions as sending you to the hurt locker. So I mean, explosions hurt, so yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're in you're in you're in deep shit, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I didn't. So I read that. I was like, hang on, did they use it in the film? But I don't recall that. I think it would have been really corny if they did. Like they were just like, just an <laughs> interesting to the locker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, just like uh, like over gunfire. Like one of the guys just screams, "You're in the locker!" Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's good. So yeah, there you go. That's what the hurt locker meant. I was wondering the same thing when it ended. Like the the film goes between this violence and non-violence route of like showing the kills, and like another example of it is like on the, when, during that sniper battle, when he actually kills a sniper, like it 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 just goes to a slow motion of the bullet dropping rather than an actual shot of the guy getting hit, and like there's this very interesting choice of like whenever a triumphant moment is achieved, it it kind of it steers away from showing it explicitly so it doesn't glorify like the death you know yeah i also like the ending of that sniper scene where like they're out there for ages to see if there's like another guy in the room mm. and at the end we'll just like like hey i think we're done here and they just cut to like you know them celebrating or whatever like, mm. it's really effective all right very good let's get to our final verdicts for the hurt locker Jaden. eight and a half so we round that up to a nine don't we sure you can if you mm. like <laughs> Yeah, so we'll end on a nine. I think I think it's really I think it's really fantastic. Very good. I think, I think it's Catherine Bigelow's oh, best film, but only really. Just. Yeah. What's yeah. the competition? Detroit. Detroit. Is that the John Boyega one? Yeah. I didn't know she did that. Yeah, that's banger. Cool. Okay. Okay. Fifty. Eight out of ten. I think it was pretty. Great, very lifelike and uh, unexpected and tense. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I agree. I'm giving it an eight as well. Very good. Would definitely recommend it. And it lived up to, I want to say, like, I don't know. I didn't really know much about it. But, like, it, it, it was of the quality that I expected of it, uh, considering it was the best picture winner and everything. So that's very good. All right, let's get into news chat. We've got a bunch. We'll try and, I don't know, we'll just take it as we will. Uh, the first thing is the Babylon trailer, which is Damien Chazelle's latest film, I believe, starring Margot Robbie and, and is it Bradley Cooper? Brad Pitt. Oh, Brad Pitt. Oh, Brad Pitt. oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Jan, you watched it. What do you think? 
Um, seems a bit Gatsby-esque, but a bit more batshit kind of, and like entertainment-based rather than kind of like high life. Um, you start the trailer off with someone doing blow, and then like it's just a sequences of like parties and you know like I feel good and I did this and type of thing. So it's like, is it related to like a? the same sort of time period as Gatsby, right? Like, Yeah, it's the 20s, yeah. and it's about, like, the kind of birth of Hollywood and, like, the rise of acting and shit like that. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah. So it's a different setting, but, like, it's yeah. kind of like the high life of the 20s. I think it's, uh, I think it's like, based on, like, well, I looked at the names, and, like, Tobey Maguire plays Charlie Chaplin and Brad Pitt plays a director. I think it's, like, a musical setting, like, the silent uh, silent musicals or the, before the talkies or whatever, or the transition between like the silent movies to uh, the talkies, talking films, yeah. Right. But this film isn't a musical, right? There's a lot oh, of like, dancing. Yeah. From the trailer, there's a lot of dancing. I don't. There's not. Ah. Oh. There's not <laughs> singing. I don't think. I can't. I don't recall. But there is okay. a lot of dancing. Interesting. Okay. So it might be. I don't think but it'll be a musical be in the way. It might be a few sequences. Yeah. Was, okay, but I think it'll still be very yeah musical esque. Okay, okay. Well, I'm a bit less excited now, but uh, I'll still I'm still excited. I'll say for sure, for sure. What do you think, Vizzy? Overall, anything else? Oh uh, yeah, it looks really great. It looks really fun. Very good, very good. All right, we've got a secret invasion trailer, which is the Disney Plus series, a new Marvel Studios thing. Uh, did you see this one, Vizzy? Or no, I didn't see any more trailers. Cool. Okay. All right. Then piss off, Jaden. <laughs> um, let me just look, look at the production crew for this because it it looked pretty banging, to be honest. I um, don't disagree. Actually, it, it it looks really like I don't, I don't know like this. You know, I think for, I don't know if I've, if I've spoken about it on the show, but like you know, for a long time, just like you know, in our chats, you know, we've I've echoed the sentiment that like you know. Marvel has a great roster of characters that if they were to employ the right technique and like make kind of an alternative to a superhero kind of product, they could do fantastic shit. And this looks like that. It looks like a spy thriller type, you know, shit, whatever, just, you know, using Marvel characters. Like Amelia Clark, Olivia Coleman, just bringing two massive names in as well to, to, to the roster is sick. Right. But like, um, it just seems like a wonder- wonderfully kind of crafted spy thriller to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely very keen for this, which shocked me. You know, the Secret Invasion storyline has always been a big one, but like, not really cared about it too much. But like, mm. this looks good. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I think this was, I, I did not expect in a million years that I'd be semi interested in this show. I mean, I'm not excited. Like, I, I, I don't want to, I don't know if I'm as into it as you, but like, it piqued my interest for sure. And I did not expect that in the least. Mm. Um, so. It was cool. To me, it felt like the MCU's sort of natural, you know, visually and in tone and, and just in what genre-wise what it is as well. Like, it felt like the MCU's first real successor to the Winter Soldier that I've seen. Mm, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's cool. I think that's really neat. You know, Sam Jackson in there on Disney+, Plus and Ben, ben Mendelsohn, you can't go wrong. So, some definitely some standouts in the cast. And, yeah, I mean, if this, if this is... You know, proves itself to be a solid spy thriller. I'm, I'm totally down. So, Ben's gonna cock it, isn't he? Damn, what makes you say that? 
I don't like you saying that. That scene in the trailer where like all those blokes around him, I reckon. Oh, really? Yeah, I reckon he's gonna die. Oh damn! I don't know if 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 Marvel has the balls to kill anyone. Yeah, yeah, I reckon they'll they'll kill the Australian. Uh, (laughs) Oh, sorry. I shouldn't. I'll do it this way. Well, the Werewolf by Night trailer came out, which is a Disney Plus special, which was very interesting looking. You leading that into me? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, uh, like once again, this feels like something like that. This feels like they're answering something that I've been talking about in like it, they're taking a different direction with characters they know. But like something about this trailer just didn't feel right. Um, just you know, in the Discord, I mentioned it briefly. Just be like the actors feel so out of place that it, it like the overall tone and like the the kind of what they're trying to emulate doesn't feel right. Um, and like I, I guess that's all I can say. Like, like the style for everything they're doing right, you know, like the the campiness, the practical effects, the kind of it, it just doesn't feel like they've done it a hundred percent correctly. Mm. Um, maybe that's because of the, the the lack of grain in the image, because like it's just black and white. It just feels like a filter's been put over. It doesn't. I wonder if they actually shot in black and white, or if they're just putting a filter over it. That's uh, that's that's probably going to be what it is. To be honest, because like like I'm, I'm probably not going to re- really really be able to tell the difference, but like. Have you you watched the trailer? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yep. yeah. But Liam, you didn't, right? No. Yeah, like, do you get what I mean by something doesn't feel right in in the way that it's it's, it's been carried off? Yeah, I do. But I don't know. Like, I'm not. You're much better authority on that than me with this kind of thing. Like, I I watched this trailer and I wasn't impressed by it. Like, I, I agree with you, but I just don't. I, I couldn't pinpoint what it was. I didn't have the. No, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is either. That's what's kind of you know. Field yeah, but you even like listing the act, like you given the actors as a potential reason. Like that's even more than I could put a finger on. Like, yeah, um, which is interesting. I'm keen to see it for sure, though, just to see how it does turn out. But it doesn't sit entirely correctly with me at the moment. Is kind of the way it, the way it is. Yeah, like I guess for me, like this kind of thing is never up my alley, really. But like I feel like. Watching it, like it had the potential to at least charm me in some way, and it just didn't. So, right, that sort of was my main takeaway. Sorry, you go, you go ahead, Liam. Oh no, you finish your discussion on this trailer. I think, I think we're done. I think. Are we're you done? done? Okay, yeah. I just watched the Secret Invasion trailer. Looks very good. I think like the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier is the only Marvel show I've watched. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You mean? Yeah, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that was more grounded, and that was pretty good. So I think, I don't know, I might watch this one. This one looks pretty good. Yeah. When you were talking about following up Winter Soldier, you meant the movie, right? Didn't you? I meant the movie. Yeah. I just want to clarify that Fitz, you meant the, sh- the sh- that's the yeah, show you said. Captain Falcon, yeah. Captain, Captain Falcon. Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know, like maybe there is something to that because Falcon the Winter Soldier is still my favorite Marvel show and I, I feel like. Oh, really? Yeah. In terms of the groundedness and the just the genre of it. Like I just much prefer to some of the other stuff. So I feel like that's tying in to make me want to check this one out more too. All right. For God's sake, Mandalorian season three trailer, Jaden, the resident Mandalorian hater. I feel like I need to make that your nickname. The stuff. Uh, but what you do can you make think anything of this? Way, like you, you have all the power in the world to just say random bullshit every week and just do it. You know, I really do. Don't, don't yeah. put ideas in my head though. Uh, what did you think of The Mandalorian Season 3? 
um, you mean the trailer is half of just a recap of what's previously happened? Well, that's not true. There were two shots that had been used before. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. There was more of that mechanic woman, which sucks. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, just get rid of that character, honestly. Like, so much of your problems would be solved. And that, 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 that town mayor as well, that dude's back for no reason. Oh, Carl um, Weathers? Yeah. What's he doing? Oh, he can't go wrong. He's doing shit all. Um, oh my god! I know. There wasn't there wasn't much, was there, in the in the, in the trailer? Grogu's looking at fireworks. The uh, Mandalorian says you didn't think it was the only Mandalorian or some shit, implying that there's gonna be more Mandalorians. There, there were man, there were a lot of Mandalorians there in the trailer. Lots of Mandalorians. They, they had lots of uh, painted armor, you know. Yeah. We're going um, back to Mandalore, Jaden. You saw the ruins of Mandalore in the trailer. Mm. Bo-Katan sitting on her throne. Was it? Going to be some power struggle out there. Yeah. Rokatan going to be an antagonist here, I think. You reckon? I think so. Or a foil in some way, at least. Why would she be? But, but, but who's she antagonizing? Mando. Because he's got the Darksaber, and uh, that's no good. Uh, right. She wants that thing. Yeah. I thought there was a lot visually going on in the trailer, like they're just the glimpses of little shots and stuff that we got. Mm. I thought the show looks quite nice and I'm going to... The thing is, like, I'm going to enjoy this show. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to have a good time. At this point, my overall skepticism just comes from the Book of Boba Fett, I think. Like, if you were to... If the Book of Boba Fett didn't exist and the last thing we saw was the Mandalorian Season 2 finale, which I loved, and that was it, and then and then you're telling me a Mandalorian Season 3 trailer is out, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be like, holy shit, I ne- what's happening? What's going to happen next? Dude, this is unreal. But... uh um, sorry, guys. Except the book of Boba Fett happened and basically killed any possible, you know, interest in what could happen because mm. it just it just the book of Boba Fett was like, uh, yeah, we set up the most interesting cliffhanger of all time and we just resolved it in two episodes. Uh, so good luck in a show not even called the Men. It's so weird. Oh my god, I can't even with that. But um, so yeah, it's just to me. Well, this could have been really interesting. Instead, it's just more adventures, which I'm totally down for. So, I mean, anyway. isn't the so like the the direction they're going is it'll have to be, it's more down that cloning path, right? Like it'll be resolving like the cloning. I think kind of I think thing. I think that's going to be happening in the background for sure. In the background, not like a main thing. Right? I don't think so. I well, mean, I could be wrong. I think it, it, it's eventually going to have to take a main like kind of route so they can plug it into Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I don't. I just because yeah, I'm maybe. pretty adamant on my idea that you know they're establishing this thing to kind of connect it all through that cloning of Omega and the Bad Batch and the Kaminoans to, to Palpatine. To Palpatine, yeah. I agree with that. I just, I, I, I hope it's not like the thing, you know. No. Like I, I thought how they've they, they obviously need to do more than what they've done so far, which is just sort of tease it. But they need more than that. But I don't need it to be like the, the, the plot. Maybe that not yet, sense. but give it I don't time need it to be the pl- I don't need it to be the plot ever. No, I, I think give it give it a time jump so Grogu can actually speak and he's training, you know, and let the yeah, because you know Grogu being in charge is only going to last the gimmick so long. I think it's already worn out to be honest. I agree. Um, I know, but like, yeah. but my skepticism with that is that, like, wasn't the end of season two the perfect time to do that? Yeah, and they just did not take it. And they and they just decided, put him back with Mando, and he's still a baby. And because uh, people love the little kid, so just keep doing that. 
Anyway, let's get into the much better Star Wars trailer, which was Tales of the Jedi. This is my most anticipated Star Wars thing right now. I'm stoked. It's a dream come true for me. What did you think? Oh, yeah, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. But isn't there only like two, like three episode arcs? Is that what it is? Correct. That sucks. Um, it's not a lot. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is going to fill out so much just in terms of lore, especially with Dooku. Um, oh, yeah, dude. That's going to be so sick. Uh, like that's what interests me. Like, like the Ahsoka stuff seems really cool. Um, but yeah, like, like that, like, like the the Dooku Windu, Qui Gon Yaddle shit. Like that's <laughs> it's so wild. That's where it all goes, dude. Man. Dude, oh my god! Just seeing Dooku as a Jedi is the coolest thing. I love the way he looks. I love that Liam Neeson's doing Qui Gon. Um, Liam Neeson's son is doing young Qui Gon. <laughs> I think I think one of the episodes has young Qui Gon. One of them has like older Liam Neeson Qui Gon, oh, okay. um, and then one of them has Mace, which we sort of got a glimpse at. Um, I think that's what they're doing. So yeah, oh dude, I'm so into this. Yeah, you're right. It's not much. They're all dropping at once. So this will be this will be a fun night when these come out. Just blast through these. Um, I'm super super stoked for it. But even more so, like I think they're going to be awesome. But the question I have is that the potential for more, Jay, like. In terms of we, yeah, like focusing on Dooku, focusing on Ahsoka. Like, if this does okay and they want to do more, like, they could do anything. Like, can you imagine? And it, I mean, this is the art style we love so much. Like, can you imagine? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe young Kylo Ren, young Ben Solo stories, Luke Skywalker stories in this Clone Wars art style in the future. Like, because presumably, just any any anthology short story they want to tell with Jedi in them, you know. I feel like the possibilities mm. are endless. I'd rather them stick to the time period, to be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. With with this art style, like it feels like a trademark of that kind of period. Oh, it totally is. That's totally true. Like I, I, I definitely wouldn't want to see like a, like a Ben, a Ben and later really? style cringe like that. It'd be a step. It'd be a big step. There's no doubt. But I feel like that that thought excites me personally. Yeah, I feel like it'd be interesting. But either it, way, dude, I'll take it. feels very I'll much like um, Clone Wars Season 6, though, where you're kind of just filling out stories, you know? Yeah. You know, like, especially like that, that kind of whole Yoda arc in Season 6. Um, it, 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 feels like, it feels like a thing like that. Um, and I love that. So, yeah, I'm very down for it. Yeah, just a lot of character building. Like, mm-hmm. that adds a lot of, yeah, because that Yoda arc, is, that's a great example. That adds so much to Yoda. Um, and, it's sort of, and it totally stands alone. Like, I think that's what this is going to be. So And, like... Like, not only does that arc add to, like, sorry to kind of go on a bit, like, it doesn't add to Yoda alone. It adds to kind of Sith lore and it adds a bit to, like, the cloning process and, like, stuff, Diaz and shit like that. Like, like, that's a fantastic thing. And, like, that's, like, filling out the character, but also filling out so much of the lore is what it exactly. does. And what Tales of the Jedi can do as well. Exactly. And why I'd want it in that period, not filling out Kylo Ren, you know? Sure, sure. Like, I've got almost no doubt that this show is going to change how I look at Dooku forever. Which is great. Like, I feel like he's a criminally underexplored character. So, now it's time to hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, what is the best film starring an Avenger? Luke said, I enjoyed the Adam Project starring Mark Ruffalo, but not the best film. I haven't seen enough films to determine what the best is, but I'll submit that Sherlock Holmes starring Robert Downey Jr. is a great movie. Wondering if you'll ever review his performance in Tropic Thunder. 
Liam, what are your thoughts on that? Are we going to do that? Mm, be a good suggestion for a poll, you know. Do you reckon? Yeah, I've suggested, I've suggested it for a poll before. At last. Ah. Uh, have you? Right. Yeah. Huh. There well. you go. I'd love to do Tropic Thunder personally. I feel like we should just have, maybe have that up our sleeve. Mm. Um, or is it, I don't know, would it be hard to review? I haven't seen it, but I don't know. No, it's just a comedy. I mean, like, it, it have like the problems like the other comedies where like there's not a whole lot to grasp onto, but like there should be enough. Okay. Okay. Andy said, I've been listening to the end of the episode explicitly. So yeah, I might choose a film starring the original six. Uh, ScarJo in Noah. I never know how to say his surname. I'm sorry. Bombark. Uh, Bombark. Um, uh, in Marriage Story is my favorite film starring an Avenger. But then again, she probably is my favorite actor out of the Avengers. Chris Evan also deserves a shout out for his starring performance in Bong Joon-ho's Snowpiercer. I'm just sitting here hoping no one says Chris Hemsworth in Michael Mann's Black Hat, but nobody has said it yet, so that's good. So, uh, Liam, is your answer Black Hat? Or mm, Fortunately, I haven't seen that film yet, so I can't. But no, my answer is... Well, I don't know if I'll steal Jane's answer because I just found another one that I didn't know Jeremy Owen was in, but my answer is Zodiac. Hmm. Um is the ultimate answer because fucking Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo are in it, funnily enough. Um, mm. And yeah, Zodiac's a mall space, so, you know, that's that. But also I just found out that Jeremy Renner, I forgot he was in The Assassination of Jesse James by the Cadre before, so mm. there's that one as well. And also Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Be good answers too. Those movies are pretty good. So, yeah. Interesting. I didn't know you were a fan of those films. I used to watch them quite a bit. I don't know if they're actually good, but I think the cast were good. You know, they had good okay. Yeah. My answer. I I keep. I think I'm missing one. I think I'm missing some. I don't know. I I didn't have a proper look, but um, I went with Assassination of Jesse James. It's a great goddamn film. It's one of those films I feel like if I rewatch it, I'm going to give it a high school. I just like really, really sat well with me afterwards. Um, it's a terrific, terrific picture. Also, another one of those, that weird 2007 year. Yeah. Where, like, I where there's just a lot of bangers and just like No Country for Old Men just robbed all the good films, you know? So it was a bit unfortunate. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Jaden, what are you thinking? I don't know. Quite a good thing, she thinks. Um, Zodiac was going to be my answer because it is the definitive for having two cast yes. members. The Nice Guys has a cameo from RDJ, so but it's not really a substantial role, so I won't say it. Does it? I don't remember that. He plays he plays Sid Shattuck. And it, 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 it's an uncredited role. Like it's it's so brief, oh. but like because his mates with Shane Black, like you know he he included him in it. Okay, um, I forgot about that. I think for 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 diversity's sakes, we will say spotlight, um, with Mark Ruffalo. Uh, Fuck off! I can't I can't believe you guys don't like this movie. Um, I mean, it's not even <laughs> that you don't like it. I mean, like you guys gave it a six each. Um, so like you know, you, you guys think it's fine, which is probably even worse. Did I give um, it a six? Yeah, I'm gonna change it with a three right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this movie so much, and I hate that you guys don't like it. Um. <laughs> You know, the church sucks. Um, no, I'm just joking. Um, I love religion, as I've said before. But, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, I love I love how it's... How it, uh, it's, it's just a fantastic, just little, you know, um, story. Um, you know, just about pedophiles. It's it's great. Um, 
from no, I, th- I think it's. A, I, I really think it's extraordinary. I think it deserves everything it got. Um, I think the acting's phenomenal. I, I love the story. I love, uh, you know, I, I just love the weight it carries that you guys don't seem to think it does. Um, so, yeah, I love Spotlight. Shots fired. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, what about? I feel like Mark Ruffalo just sort of out of anyone. I feel like he's in the most stuff. I feel like at least like it's not uncommon for Mark Ruffalo just to show up in something I'm watching. I don't know. I feel like it happens a lot. He was in Colorado. Shutter Island as well. Yes, true. But then Jeremy in- Renner had yeah. Arrival, and you're like, there's there's like a lot of good movies that these people are in, you know? Arrival, great shout. Yeah. Are you telling me that the people they hired to be the Avengers are talented actors? Believe it or not, yeah. Holy shit, all right. Well, it's wild. All right. Very, very good. As always, we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comment section. Send us a DM on Instagram or join the Discord community that was posting uh, very randomly philosophical memes this week if you're into those. Um, this week we're asking you, what is the best TV show you've seen in 2022? Let us know. doesn't have to have come out in 2022, but the best show you've seen this year so far on your personal watching journey, as I like to call it. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Fitzy, what are we doing next week? We're finishing the Oceans franchise. Oceans 13. Also, Dark Souls 12, that's 13. Um, so that's on Netflix, Stan, and Foxtel. Yeah. Put me out of my goddamn misery with this. Okay. Hmm. Can you imagine if we did 8 too? Oh, Jesus. Have you, guys seen, have you guys seen 8? No. Not really. But like we don't have another series lined up. We can we can extend the oceans. I'm vetoing that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jane and Liam, for joining me as always. Thanks everyone for listening once again. We'll see you next week. And goodbye.